you Creators in Saigon, a podcast where we talk with inspiring creative entrepreneurs in Saigon, Vietnam, about life and business and the cool creative projects that they're working on. And today's topic is one that I think a lot of us, I'm sure all of us have experienced in our lives and maybe didn't even know that it was necessarily something bad because I think that we're often taught it's something to be proud of in a way, but in fact, it can impact us negatively in a lot of ways. So, Lam, what are we talking about today? What's that buzzword? Perfectionism. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Too much pressure. <laughs> well, for me, it's, it's, I, I like the concept about the hero's journey, mm-hmm. and that includes perfectionism in it. So mm-hmm. the bigger picture for me is that hero's journey from zero to hero, and it requires some awareness and understanding about perfectionism, what it really is about to become a hero. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. I like this introduction. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so perfectionism, I know... I've experienced it all my life, especially with this podcast. And the reason why I say not many people realize it's a problem, I think, at least for me growing up, when we kind of learn about how to prepare for a job interview and they tell you, you know, one of the questions is going to be, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Mm -hmm. And they tell you, choose a weakness that is like actually a strength. (laughs) And And so people will be like, yeah. I'm a perfectionist. I care too much. That's my downfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like the most cliche like answer yeah. to like a job interview. Yeah. About like weaknesses and like you're being taught your whole life. Never say this in an interview or right. else you'll be like, you'll never be, mm-hmm. take the position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it comes with this kind of baggage or stigma, I guess, of being a perfectionist is a good thing but we're going to kind of talk today about how it can negatively impact our creativity our projects our work life like literally everything and as well as our own experiences with perfectionism and maybe some tips or advice about how we've learned to not necessarily overcome it because i think we're all still on this journey and and just learning but just some things that have worked for us in the past And so our guest today, who's here to help us expand on this topic, is Tarek. So he just turned 30 years old. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. (laughs) And he is a multi-passionate and a learning junkie. Me too. He has tried more than 20 sports and won a few medals on the way. He has studied five languages. Wow and loves to challenge himself by going out of his comfort zone and learning various new skills, such as playing the ukulele, running a half marathon, backflipping, being an MC in a wedding, and through seeing his friends being startled and curious about his abilities and trying out all these new things, he has started to share his progression and mindset on his YouTube channel called Go From Zero to Hero. Welcome, Tarek. <laughs> Thank you for hosting me. That's yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Another funny thing is <laughs> without fail, and you're not the first one at all, but almost every guest who comes on here without fail like messages me the night before or the morning of like, oh my gosh, I'm stressed now. I'm so nervous. I don't, I'm not an expert in this topic. I'm not prepared to talk about this. To me now, just like, oh, it's so adorable because I just know that as soon as they get on here and we start talking about this topic, like it just flows because as you beautifully described just before this, like it's not so much about we're being the experts in this or something, but yeah, more so just sharing our energy and passion behind whatever it is we're talking about and so hopefully listeners can feel that and just get the benefits from that yeah so how do you feel now i feel still stressed because it's still the beginning (laughs) yeah the the irony is like that yesterday i was thinking oh maybe i should ask dana and lam to postpone the recording because (laughs) i'm not ready yet and i was like oh the irony of like talking of perfectionism yeah and wanting to postpone because i'm not ready yet yeah 
which is like the very typical syndrome. Right, right, totally. So today I put my uh, best t-shirt, which is exactly late, like perfectly late, like it's in French, uh-huh, but uh-huh. like it's something I'm very familiar with being yeah. like late to delivery because I want to give the best of what I can do, mm-hmm. but then I struggle with like getting things done because getting things done means for me to deliver high standard mm-hmm. product. And then I'm like, oh, but this is the first time I'm doing a podcast. How can I deliver the yeah. perfect interview? Speech or, yeah, Speech. interview. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I've never mm-hmm. done it before. So mm-hmm. so I feel like, oh, I'm not legit. I'm not like I'm an imposter. Like, oh, why would I talk about this? Mm-hmm. But it's your podcast. It's your, it's your choices. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what I ended up saying to you was that there's no way that you can be an imposter because we're just talking about you and your experiences yeah so it's like there's no way that you could be an imposter but i completely understand that feeling too yeah like when you talked about just like talking about our own experiences with this like i was like okay that's relieving like yeah i can talk about this mm-hmm. that's okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> awesome so here's that question that you were a little worried about Can you tell us about your YouTube channel and maybe what was the motivation behind it? I think there were like many motivations when I started this channel. So there is something that I love doing since I was a kid is just learning new things. I remember like when I was a kid, like there was this friend I would see like once every few months. And then every time he would see me, he would say, like, you learned a new skill. Like I was showing him, oh, I learned how to juggle. Oh, I learned how to do this and learn this and learn this. And I was very proud of like showing what I learned Mm -hmm. and then it was like every time I see you you learn a new thing and for me it was completely normal and then I I forgot about it and just continue to learn things I just love to see something cool and like oh can I do it and Mm -hmm. then try it Mm -hmm. and eventually like through life I would see that people were like intrigued by this mindset or ability or I don't know what it is behind but they were intrigued by what they would see so I was like I don't understand like for me it's completely normal and I was also seeing a lot of people having let's say excuses to not start a new hobby like I'm too old or I'm not meant for this like I cannot do it it's not for me and I want to show that like if you just put your mind into it and a little bit of work you can actually achieve a lot of things in a very short amount of time and I wanted to prove it to myself like for example backflipping like if I tell you Dana you can do a backflip or Lam you can do a backflip within the very next few weeks would you believe me <laughs> probably not like a lot of people think oh, it's absolutely impossible to learn a backflip yeah in the back of my mind screams like no way exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's, 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 it's completely normal to be scared I'm not saying that you can you don't have to be scared like you have to be scared yeah. but you can overcome it if you just like deconstruct the skill and learn it and like just practice the very small sub skills so backflip I'm just like taking backflip as an example because it's something that a lot of people can relate to the fear of like breaking your neck and it's impossible to do but for me when I started I could just do a cartwheel and I didn't have like any background in like gymnastic or whatever but I just went to a parkour gym where people could flip and do crazy stuff and I just asked how can you teach me how to backflip and then I just like take time to deconstruct the skills like oh actually backflip is just jumping tucking and then you rotate and then you untuck and that's it mm-hmm. so it's a it's a very simple skill actually it's difficult like it's scary but it's simple mm-hmm. it's just jumping tucking and untucking and if you just practice those skills separately you can actually improve very fast and get over fear like there's a way to get over your fear i, I will jump on my back on, in a foam pit until i get used to the feeling and then when i was used to it i would just go a little bit more backward and more and more and more and it only took me I thought it would take me months to learn it it actually took me two weeks mm-hmm. it took me 14 hours of dedicated practice deliberate practice to learn it and were you working with someone like helping you kind of train you on it every session I would ask somebody different mm-hmm. and I would also watch a few I guess tutorials on YouTube like to just have different point of views and see like what was speaking to me like oh I understand this part I, I understand that to get over your fear of breaking your neck you have to get used to it like progressively and I would just ask people like in the gym to help me I don't know the English word for this to like help you not fall on, oh on your, yeah spot you spot me exactly mm-hmm. like they would spot me and like that would remove a bit of a fear 
until I get very comfortable with it. Then it would like spot me less and less and less and less mm -hmm. until I could do it. Yeah. So to come back to the <laughs> origin of the question, <laughs> I just want to show people that you can learn like a lot of skills. Yeah. And in a very short amount of time, it's more about mindset than about skills or predispositions. Like you, you can learn a lot of things if you actually like learn a lot of things after my 25th birthday. Mm. Like I learned how to ukulele at 25. I learned how to skateboard at 25. I started parkour like with backflip at 27, which is very late. Like I was a dinosaur. <laughs> like most people, like most parkour people are like very young because they are not scared to learn. And after like a certain age, you would feel so scared and you feel, oh no, my body is not ready for this. I cannot do it. It's not for me, stuff like this. You should like start entering into excuses. And I want to show these people that actually is doable. So this is why I started like the Go From Zero to Hero a YouTube channel to inspire people to actually take action and by learning and like not being scared of being a zero, which it's totally okay to be a zero. Yes. And you will be like, you will feel uncomfortable at the beginning and probably scared and probably you will feel like stupid learning new things but that's okay just commit to a certain amount of time and you will get over this frustration barrier yes i was literally writing down notes because i'm like oh my god i have a thousand questions about what you say <laughs> it's so interesting and i'm like i can't forget this yes i think all of that is such a great metaphor too for even starting a business because actually when you asked me do I think I could do a backflip in the next few weeks? My answer in my mind wasn't no, but it was more if I had the right person help me, then yes. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't inherently think that I can't do it, but I know that if I had you, for example, there helping me and training me and spotting me, and like you said, taking away that fear bit by bit, mm -hmm. then I'm confident that I could do it. And I think it's similar with starting out in a business. There's so many things to learn and yeah. to have to do, but when you hire a business coach, for example, or like this metaphor doesn't even have to be just in business, but just like in anything, like in life, even like what Lam does too in, in mentoring people in life, mm -hmm. it's, you know, of course it's gonna seem so daunting with all the things or there's gonna be all those fears come up, but when you have someone there guiding you or spotting you through the process yeah. and just like taking it step by step until you're off doing it on your own. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And then my other question was, so you said when you were younger, you were always trying new things, learning how to do new things. Do you think your parents, your family fostered that kind of environment for you, like encouraging you to try new things, be creative, learn new things all the time? I'm not sure. I always loved to climb over things. Like when I was a kid, like I was a monkey. So I would just like, <laughs> my parents would leave me in a room for a few seconds. They would come back and I would be on top of like the <laughs> yeah. the highest thing in this room. <laughs> so I'm not sure that it's come from education or I think it was like something I was doing it. I'm the only kid who is doing this. Like we are four kids in my family and like I don't see my other brothers like being this keen to learn that much. And maybe it's like something I was born with. I'm not sure where it comes from, yeah. which is why I don't understand why people cannot do it because for me it's totally normal. Mm. But I learned to see that actually it's not. Like when I look at people, it's like, oh, they're not that keen to want it to learn a lot of things all the time. Mm. So I'm not sure it comes from my parents encouraging me to learn new things. But they would be like, they would laugh at like, oh, now he wants to do this. Okay, now he wants to juggle. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like my dad, like when I wanted to juggle, just bought a bunch of juggling balls because I was doing it with socks when I, when I first Aww. learned. Because I was like, oh, I don't have money. How, how can I do it? And I just tried to put like DIY solutions like okay I yeah. can do it with socks mm. and then he, he bought me like juggling balls and also a tape a videotape like all times like a VHS yeah. tape to learn to juggle in one hour Aww. I never watched yeah, this tape I would, I, would, <laughs> I would for sure say then that your parents were very much yes, encouraging yeah, yeah like they didn't tell you no that's yeah. a waste of time or that's stupid or something well for parkour it didn't, didn't come like huh. <laughs> they were like it's stupid like you, you will die <laughs> 
Oh, parkour. <laughs> yeah, parkour is like, oh no, you're putting your health in danger, you yeah. will die. Because like in the imaginary of parents and also a, lot of, a lot of cautious people, like parkour is like jumping from building to building, right? Yeah. It's not. It's <laughs> walking, not. <laughs> walking on a tightrope or something across. Yeah, yeah, it's not about that. Like you only do this after a few years of like intense practice. You don't like from the first day, you don't flip, you don't go over buildings. But because of this popular image that people have about parkour, it tends to be like to be perceived as like an extremely dangerous mm-hmm. sport. And for me, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like I have very few injuries from parkour. Like I try to be like I'm actually a very very safe guy. If I now, if I love to now flip all the time, I would. <laughs> I'm actually very safe. Like I warm up. I'm only doing the things that I'm 100% confident I can do without harming myself. I rarely go above like the panic zone where I like I try things when I'm not sure about it like I would not try to flip over a building because I'm not sure I would be able to have a proper start or landing and stuff like this I want to be like sure that everything is safe before I even start to do it mm-hmm. and I think that is a great takeaway as well for when people are fearing trying to do something new because there's such a comparison culture right so especially nowadays with like instagram and all this media and stuff like you're seeing people at their peak at the top and you don't see the journey which is what you try to portray in your youtube channel and so we don't see the 20 years that they were working behind the scenes really really hard to get to the top and taking those small steps those small baby steps to get there and i think also what can be taken away from that is you are considering like the worst case scenario in a way where it's like okay I'm gonna do what I know I can do at this point and I'm gonna take the precautions to be safe by like wearing those safety pads Mm -hmm. like you just said whereas I think sometimes we get so caught up in oh my gosh I'm gonna do this podcast interview and I'm gonna blow it like you know it's we need to think about what is the worst case scenario okay so what if you do blow it then what yeah yeah. what's the worst that's gonna happen like you're not gonna die you know and you're not gonna blow it so it's kind of that being realistic about what is actually gonna happen yeah like it's actually like a a method like or a technique to visualize your learning skills Mm -hmm. it's called inversion so instead of imagining what will happen if you succeed at everything imagine if everything went went wrong Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you want to learn how to like do kayaking in rapids, so which is like a very dangerous sport. Like, what if everything go wrong from mm-hmm. there? What will happen? You could like flip over and like be stuck in the water. You could injure yourself like by hitting rocks. Like this and this could happen. So, in case of everything go wrong, what do I need to do in order to fix it? Mm-hmm. So, if I flip in the water then how can I flip back to like the normal position? If I'm keen to getting hurt, then I need to buy helmets and pads. If this happens, then I need to do this and that. Mm-hmm. And this actually relieves the fear of like getting started. Yes. So list your fears and see how you can actually overcome it. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. when you write everything, you'll see that actually it's not that bad. Yes. It's just like when you think about it, it's just a mess of thoughts. It's yes. like, oh, fears, oh, this will happen. Oh, no, no, I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. Just you get scared. Yeah, writing it down, and I've even found saying it out loud to someone else. Like this just recently happened to me, where I'm having fears around raising my prices, and I think we'll do a, a podcast episode about this in the future too. But fear of like high ticket prices and selling myself, and when I said this out loud to someone, and what's holding me back about it. They didn't even have to say anything. Like, they didn't even give me advice or anything. They were just listening. And as I was saying it out loud, I was like, this sounds ridiculous. Like, it made sense in my head when I just sit alone and I'm like, oh my God, like, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. But when I just spoke it out loud into the universe, it was like, oh wait, like, none of that is valid. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That works for me too. Like, Mm -hmm. speaking it out loud with a friend. And then, yeah, like halfway through, I'm just like, I sound so dumb. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I just like start laughing at myself. And also, interesting note that my method is kind of similar to the ways that you guys just described. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. But for me, it's actually death. 
it helps me a lot to relieve all of the stress because for me, like, okay, death. So all the problems will be solved <laughs> if I die. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an extreme yeah. position. <laughs> like, yeah, like, if I'm dead, I don't care. Problem <laughs> solved. Like, bye, people. Like, everything's gone. Like, that's actually really good. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's quite an extreme position. <laughs> it, it works every time. It works. It works. Like a charm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it seems to be. It's just all about thinking of the worst case scenario, and then how would you either prevent that situation from happening, or like how will you address it if it happens? Yeah. Like I also just did that workshop, that live workshop about how to start a podcast, which. Tarek was at too and you very kindly also messaged me beforehand like hey how are you feeling and I'm like I'm freaking out <laughs> because for me always my biggest fear is coming off stupid or like and I guess that is also like the imposter syndrome because I'm getting up there saying yes I'm an expert in launching podcasts when like I mean I've done it but it's not it's not the best podcasts in the world by any means you know in in terms of numbers and things like that but I still have to get up there and like present myself like I know what I'm talking about mm. and yeah I just I tend to try and over prepare then and even that morning I was like doing all this extra research and putting all these extra slides together and it was just so unnecessary but I think I was trying to prevent or like avoid a situation where someone asks me a question and I don't know the answer. That's like my biggest fear is to not yeah. have the answer. And you actually had the answers of all the questions exactly. that were asked. And my favorite part of that whole thing was answering the questions because that's something that's been a struggle for me in this online business is that I don't get a lot of human to human interaction. So I loved being able to be in a room with real people, humans, and they could ask me their questions and I can answer them and yeah I was able to answer them and I should have thought about beforehand okay if someone does ask me a question that I don't know the answer to what do I do and then once I have that strategy in place then it's not a problem I'm not scared because yeah. I already thought about that beforehand yeah the worst case scenario like inversion works like mm -hmm. if you think about what is the worst that can happen then you can actually prevent it from happening or have a way to respond to it mm -hmm. and I mean, in my niche is like how inversion works for like actually getting started of mm -hmm. learning things. Yes, yeah. So it seems like when you were younger and starting all these, like learning all these new things, did you have that same kind of perfectionism tendency or has it only come up now with doing the YouTube channel and, and actually having to present yourself in front of a lot of people? I always had like this idea of like giving high value work all the time. Yeah. Because so I come from a family who was immigrated from Syria like more than 30 years ago in France. But my parents like taught us to actually not make waves and like being very good at school and like make very good studies and have very good job so we can actually blend in and not being like pointed at like oh look at the immigrants oh so we had also this pressure like coming from our families like oh do extremely great at work or else mm. like you'll be pointed at in the street and you will be seen as a bad immigrant and so I think it might come from this like the perfectionism thing for me come from the way we were educated mm -hmm. so he started from this and he started with school but then when I even started like doing hobbies I was always concerned to like also have the best rendition of my work as possible mm -hmm. so I had a lot of like internal pressure it's actually not true like I never felt that much as an immigrant but I still had this paradigm of like how uh, like you have to get the best work in order to get accepted by people mm -hmm. so in order to be accepted by everyone I have to get like to give the highest value possible and if you're not doing it then you're a failure mm -hmm. which is a bit harsh but this is I think how perfectionism come like for me yeah. works for me yeah no that that awareness is super insightful and that was going to be 
one of my questions for all of us because I think this is just such a natural human thing that everyone struggles with is this perfectionism thing and yet we all know that it's impossible to achieve so it's like why does this exist where we all feel this pressure that we'll never be able to achieve and I think there's probably different reasons for everyone and, and that sounds like your reason and I would come back to the education system as well in that we get rewarded for the A plus and it's all about the score yeah. and not about the how you got to that score. Yeah, it's not about the journey or yeah. the progress. It's mm-hmm. about like, oh, you, if you have this result, then you pass. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then you're a failure yeah. or you failed. Mm-hmm. Like this is the message. Like if you don't have this amount of a good grades, then you fail. Yeah. But yeah. like it doesn't reward the, the person who went from zero to average. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone who like started from, let's say, being slightly under average and went to average, they have a very few progress, but then they're still awarded in the same way. So we don't award progress, but just a level. Yeah. Or even your happiness. No one asks you, are you happy? It's just like, what grades are you getting? What's your GPA, you know? Yeah, I think back to, I was horrible at math and science growing up. It was like, traumatic. I was so (laughs) bad at it. And I think it was in fourth grade or something, we had this placement test that everyone across the whole grade had to take this test to determine which level of math you were going to be in the, in the next year and so much pressure right because you don't want to be in like the quote-unquote dumb level or whatever and I fucking failed that test so hard <laughs> and all of my friends were really good at math so I was the only one put in like this lower level and they were in this higher level and it was just like so much shame so embarrassing yeah And I remember begging the teacher to put me in the higher level class, which was horrible for me in the end because then I never could achieve because I just naturally didn't have those math skills, I guess. And I'm sure if I went to the teacher, you know, outside of class or during lunchtime or whatever, I could have gotten better. But even that you don't want to do because then everyone knows like, oh, Dana, she's you know getting extra math help because she's bad at math so it just set me up for failure pretty much for the rest of my school career in terms of math just always feeling like oh you're not good good enough yeah yeah Yeah. even though now in life it's like did i did i need to know i don't know the cosine of whatever like geometry terms it's like at the end of the day i went through so much trauma and stress for nothing really yeah, I think this is like something we can all relate is like, oh, I think a lot of people failed like as a failure during school because they couldn't meet all the necessary standards of education. Mm-hmm. But then after school, we felt so good about ourselves because, oh, actually, if I go on my path, which is I'm very comfortable and skillful, then I feel great. So my value doesn't depend on like the system grading. It only depends on my own terms of like my own skills and my own vision of life in a way. Mm-hmm. So this is something that school doesn't teach us. It just, it just says have the average grade at least or else you're a failure. Yeah. And it doesn't like adapt to the personality of each and the skills of each. Like it just, it's, a, it's something for everyone. So it tries to include everyone, but you cannot like talk to everyone. Like mm. this is what you like. This is the concept of like business like you would just try to find a niche mm-hmm. so you can talk very nicely to people and not just to everyone you're not talking to everyone you can only talk to a few persons but school try to talk to everyone the same way mm-hmm. yes but it doesn't work and what's really fascinating is my younger sister she always had academic struggles in school in all subjects like not even just math like all of them and she was in the like special help classes and one day her and I were kind of having a heart to heart and she like crawled into my bed drunk (laughs) she's like I just want to talk to you that's so cute (laughs) yeah but we ended up having this 
I mean, I had a major epiphany from this talk. So she's now, I think, 23, going to turn 24. And she is super happy right now in life. She started working at a daycare center, which in many views in the States, it's not like, you know, a high level job at a company or something, but she's really happy because she just loves working with children Mm. and it took her a while to finally get to that place of just accepting I just love working with children so I'm gonna work in a daycare and I'm happy with that and I don't care what other people think it's not like this you know big fancy job or whatever so I was wondering like why you know we both grew up in the same family with the same parents why do I have this struggle with perfectionism that she doesn't seem to have Hmm. and she told me as she was in school she was like really struggling in school and depressed and anxious and all that stuff but her special aid teachers whenever she got a bad grade they would say to her don't worry about this grade this grade doesn't mean anything about you like you're still a good person and you're still a smart person and and things like that so you know don't worry about that and then when I thought back to my life I didn't have someone patting me on the back and being like, you know, yeah, it's okay that you failed that test. For me, it was like, I'm expected to do well Mm. and I didn't do well. So yeah, so it's important to be told at that young age that these grades aren't like gonna make or break you and they don't mean- Doesn't measure your your life. Doesn't define who you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lam, what do you think is kind of the baggage around perfectionism in Vietnam? How do people experience that kind of pressure in Vietnam? Well, as a woman, speaking for women, Mm because I don't know really well about men. Mm -hmm. I know some, but I'm not sure. So as a woman, we are expected to be a perfect daughter, perfect friend, perfect girlfriend, perfect wife, perfect mother. And also now, like, as a perfect businesswoman. And how is perfect defined in those areas? Well, there, so that's the thing. Like, for me, there's no such thing like an absolute definition of what is perfectionism. Like, because it's not real from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like we have that image of what it's like to be perfect. But the thing is, everyone has different image of perfection. And basically, we're just like chasing our own, you know, like illusion. Like we're masturbating, you know, with our <laughs> our mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> Think about it. That's true. <laughs> I thought about it. It's like, hmm. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, like you play with your that your own fantasy, and oh. you, it feels good. Okay. Okay. Mm. I see. <laughs> And then you wake up from it, and it stops feeling good. Okay. And sometimes even feel shitty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because you I'm realize, back. I'm with you. Right? Because you realize, <laughs> oh, my God, that was not real. But I, I invested so much time and effort, you know, into building that fantasy just to realize that you set yourself up for failure when you start. And it's true that we feel that I'm not good enough. So I ask myself, like, whenever I feel that, I'm like, okay, I'm not good enough. Okay, let's just assume that it's true. But for what? Like, I'm not good enough for what? Mm-hmm. And then my mind is like, oops, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, for what? Tell me. Like, I'm willing to know for what? And I'm like, and it says for everything? I'm like, yeah, no wonder you feel not, you, you're not good enough. Because there's no way that you can like achieve all of everything in this life with this much amount of time as a human being. It's just too short amount of time. Mm. So actually your brain is giving you the fact, the truth, that you're not good enough. Not because your worth is low, but because the goal that you set to achieve is not realistic. Mm. So it just sends back the signal to your mind that, hey, this goal is not (laughs) achievable. (laughs) So Mm. change it. Mm. And so the moment I changed it, 
then I start to feel less and less, you know, like I'm not good enough. And now I, I feel more like, okay, I can do this because I'm just being more realistic about who I am and what I'm capable of, you know, instead of just like, just sinking into that fantasy, you know, mm-hmm. dreaming that, oh, I want to be this and that and this and that, but this is my reality. And with this body of a Vietnamese woman at the age of 30, this is as much as I can do. Mm-hmm. And probably this is as, even if I try to grow, there, there are probably some limits, you mm-hmm. know, like when I'm 50, 60, 70, and also like checking with the experience, looking back on the experience, and that also helps me, but like objectively, that also helps me to come out with a prediction of what I'm capable of. And so it's just like more convincing and more solid for my brain, you know, to rest. So it's like, oh, okay, this is achievable. There's still a lot of challenges, but I can do it. Mm. I can yeah. learn. So they're re- redefining your goals by yes. your own standards. Yes. Helps a lot. I think what, you, what we call like smart goals, it's like specific, measurable, like timely. Mm. Yes. And yes, like setting realistic yeah. goals like helps a lot to actually achieve goals and feel yeah, good about it. Yeah. And by being realistic, I mean by being truthful to yourself. Like you have to be honest with yourself with who you really are and what you like and what you don't like, what you want and what you don't want, instead of living someone else's life like your parents or societies, mm-hmm. which uh, if we're not careful, we can be easily, you know, like misinterpreted mm-hmm. the signals within our own system. Mm-hmm. So it's also important to learn to distinguish what is mine and what is adopted from others. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can relate to that. Yeah, I think we all <laughs> yes. So I want to talk now about what do we think are the negative impacts? Like how does perfectionism actually really negatively impact our mental health, our creativity, and just moving forward in general? And when I did some digging on that online, there are actually studies done that correlate perfectionism with more anxiety, depression, it's a suicidal ideation. And then one study found that over half of people who died by suicide were described by their loved ones as perfectionists. Whoa. Yes, and then it says 70% of young people who died by suicide were in the habit of creating exceedingly high expectations of themselves. So that really you know ties together what Lam was just talking about about like having these unrealistic super high expectations that you could never achieve and like it's really sad people are literally taking their lives from it so that's really serious and yet still in our world we're like I'm a perfectionist and it's great (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it's it's a it's a like there's two edges of perfectionism like yeah it helps you like when you're working then you're actually delivering very high value work Mm -hmm. like when you are actually delivering work it helps you a lot to do great things but it also can prevent you from doing anything at all because it's all or nothing either i deliver very high value work i mean it's not for everyone but i'm just saying for some perfectionists is like, oh, if I can admit this extremely high value work, then I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I will not start until I'm ready. And hence procrastination. Procrastination and uh, perfectionism are very linked. Like, it's very hard to dissociate them. Like, they're very linked. Like, yes. if you are perfectionist, then therefore you're also a big procrastinator. So, yeah. So, perfectionism is procrastination, essentially. Yeah, like, it's, it's very linked. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if any listeners have read Marie Forleo's new book called Everything is Figure Outable. But Marie Forleo is like a, a very popular person in the world of like female entrepreneurship. So she just recently came out with this book and I read it. I have it at home if anyone's listening and doesn't have access to the book and wants to borrow it. But she has a whole section about perfectionism and her saying is always progress, not perfection. So she pushes you to just get started and make progress because 
the sooner you just start, the closer you are to perfectionism, even though there's still no such thing. But like, as long as you start, you're already so much further ahead than you were before you weren't doing anything. And this is the thing I want to like to also say with my channel is like, you take something that is extremely like spectacular, Mm -hmm. like let's go back to the backflip. And then if you just think as learning backflip, then it's like a big thing in your head, like, oh, it's really hard. But then if you just deconstruct the skill as small skills as possible, then you can actually drill jumping and like jumping in the right way for backflipping. So this is very easy because you're not going over your head. And then if you try to like practice tucking, you can do it just laying on the floor and tucking, pulling your knees to your ears as fast as possible. And this you can do it like in complete safety. So like deconstructing goals helps a lot to actually achieve them. Like there's a saying, every journey starts with a step. And like if you want to go climb a mountain, then just start with the step and then the other step and then like the smallest action is just taking one step at a time so if you deconstruct enough then the task will be very easy to start and it's something i see a lot to help people with procrastination is like instead of thinking of this huge task that is awaiting you what is the smallest task you could do right now so you just take your current goal and say okay what is the smallest task i can do right now to make me progress by one percent for example yeah totally and it's so hard because you feel like you're not doing anything with that small task like oh but there's so many things but that just leads to the procrastination where it's like overwhelming all the things that of course if you just think about climbing a mountain it's like oh how can i yeah yeah totally yeah and that's what i love about your channel is how you you show step by step the whole process yeah so that people can see no i didn't i wasn't born backflipping you yeah. know i don't just know how to backflip but when you when you said earlier was totally right it's like when you see like people you just see like the tip of all the work they've done like in the past and it's like it might be like very intense work and a way i found to also relieve this pressure is by looking these people you admire right now and go back, like, this is the magic of internet. You can go back in time mm-hmm. and see what they were doing, how, yes. like, how they were doing when they begin. So I would take the people I would really admire and see their beginnings. And, oh, my God, that's so relieving. It's like, oh, yeah. they were, were really more shit than I am right now. <laughs> I love doing that, too. <laughs> like, people's Instagrams who have, you know, thousands of followers. And I'll just like, well, I'm going to scroll all the way back. And I'll scroll, like, three or four years back and, like, Ha, she only got 43 likes on this picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, it's, like, it's really relieving to see yeah. like, oh, we're, they're just human. And this is what I want to like inspire people to like r- realize is that, oh, it's just, they are just humans. If they can do it, so can you. Yep. So just see like the people you admire, go back in time, see how they were doing when they began. And you might be like very surprised at our, of how bad they were. And this will inspire you to start doing it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's really bad, that's okay. Yeah. Because they were really bad too. And you have to get started somewhere. And then you will progress. Like, I remember when I started my YouTube channel, my perfectionism created procrastination on actually creating it. After having the ID, it took me more than a year to just create the YouTube channel. And after, it took me three weeks to start filming the intro. Filming the intro took me three days because I was mm-hmm. never happy. Yeah. And afterwards, just like more and more procrastination and so yeah the thing where I was uh, being told by people who started YouTube like a few years ago like I had a few mentors like saying oh like your first 50 videos they will be shit Mm -hmm. like they will be so bad you cannot imagine (laughs) but that's okay because you actually need these 50 videos to actually create great content you actually need these 50 videos to learn about scripting and how to tell a story and how to do the right editing and like have a like a good rhythm so it takes a lot of effort and you cannot be good unless you put that effort in so instead of saying oh no no no, you will do great from the very first you have to accept that it's going to be bad Mm. which is very hard for perfectionists yes so even with this it took me a while but it actually got me started to like okay i accept that my first video is going to be shit that's okay 
and also like one thing that helped me is like realizing that not the entire planet will see it yeah no one will see it like apart from you and your like the very few friends who you're gonna show it with yes so so true <laughs> so it's like, like no oh, one is watching you <laughs> no one is watching you that's a good sign yeah like you can, you can just like try like putting it out the content and then no one will see it mm. so like you can just have experience yeah that just made me feel so much better about this podcast because i'm like <laughs> well maybe it's a good thing that not a lot of people are downloading or that i i don't get a lot of reaction right now because you know maybe i'm just building up to something even better and i'll want more people to see it when it's even at its best Yeah, yeah, like it really needs like time to actually like be able to conduct an interview. Yeah. And not only to conducting is like also preparing the interviews and also like how to behave and also like the editing and publishing and marketing and like there's so many skills you're working on right now mm. that you cannot actually learn it in a day. Yes. So step by step, mm-hmm. progress mm-hmm. every time and then eventually you'll be good. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I've heard that same number two about podcast episodes like you need to get the first 50 out and and then you'll just start finding your voice finding your rhythm so you did a 30 day youtube challenge video posting challenge 30 day 30 videos <laughs> yes okay yes. so can you tell us about that and and what kinds of lessons you learned about perfectionism through all that right. experience it all started with perfectionism because <laughs> even if i get started my youtube channel in like I think eight months I only published four videos and each one would take me like several weeks of work because I wanted to have the perfect script I wanted to be able to tell a good story and stuff like this but it was preventing me from actually like making more videos I needed to like in my head I still have this I made to make 50 shitty videos like so let's make it as fast as possible mm-hmm. but then I was stuck like working several weeks on just one so Seeing that I was procrastinating on creating videos, I was like, okay, why not challenge myself to publish one video per day for 30 days? So I have some kind of public engagement of like publishing a new video. And also that will uh, help me focus on the... I don't know if you're familiar with the Pareto rule, the 20-80 rule, which says that 80% of the results will come from only 20% of the input. So this is a statistical rule, but that can apply to a lot of things. So in my case, this 30-day challenge would allow me to focus on the 20% of skills that deliver 80% of the final results. So the skills are how do you script a video in an effective way? How do you film in an effective way? Like you don't film hours of footage and just hope for the best and take the best clips no you just prepare like in advance mm. you have a shot list and how do you do this effectively and also improve your filming skills and also your editing skills and also like everything so you just take the 20% of skills in each big skill and you just work on this so it helps you to focus on the very essential thing and not the thing that will take you 80% of time mm. so Instead of like thinking of graphics, of details, like you think you always lose 80% of your time trying to work on the 20% of results. Mm -hmm. But instead with this challenge, I had to work on the essentials. So it was very hard and it took a lot of willpower, but also having some kind of public engagement was putting me a lot of pressure to actually publish. Mm. I don't know if that could work for everyone, But it definitely helped me deal with perfectionism. So I'll, in the first day... So like, you mean pressure in a good way? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. like some kind of positive pressure. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I have to get it published. Mm-hmm. So let's just focus like on delivering the best of what you can do in just one day. Yeah. So I was trying to have like every day a new challenge, something I've never done before, which added to the complexity of the challenge. I don't recommend doing this. It was way too much work. It was so much work like to wake up every day and try to think of a new idea of something I've never done before. Mm. And how do I script it? So that was a bit harsh, but the feedback I have is that actually people see a lot of quality in my one day video, which I didn't. Like when I was publishing, I was sure like a bit like shitty. Yeah. It was less shitty than I thought when I see people feedback. Mm. So 
it actually felt so good to actually like put some work that I was not happy with and see that people were very happy with. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, all that pressure I put on myself of trying to deliver extremely high value work is not that much. It's not as much as I thought it, it was. Right. I don't know if I'm clear, but... No, totally. No, I, I definitely resonate with that too. Like you're basically saying it's you put so much pressure on yourself to have this because you're coming from this mindset where you know what a quality video looks like because you've been studying this, you've been yeah. practicing this, you've been looking at other people that you admire who are doing it really, really well. But these people that you're sharing it with haven't been doing that. That's not their like focus in life. Yeah. So they're not looking for that, that like, much amount level. Of, yeah. yeah. I've had that too with practicing dancing. Like I will have practiced a routine for 30 hours or something crazy for a two minute routine yeah. choreography. And I like to film it and put it on Instagram, but I'll feel so nervous putting it on Instagram because I'm like, oh man, like I, I messed up in that one part and I'll try and like do it again and I'll fix that part, but mess up in another part. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, do it again. And until finally, it's just like, you know what? No one watching this knows that I messed up. I'm the only one who knows that yeah. I messed up. And then you get all these comments of like, wow, that was so great. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, you, you are so much on you, in your own head yeah. that you actually, it's very hard for you to take it a step back and see the overall performance of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like having some feedback on the early stage of your work is also helping saying, oh, actually do provide already some kind of value to people. I don't I don't need like this much graphics. I don't need this much details that I thought it, it, it was needed to have a good video. I was not performing, like I have to say that, I was not performing extremely well with this video. Like I had between 50 and 300 views mm-hmm. per day. So that's quite... I don't know. I, I like the other videos were performing better, like the one I was working a lot on because I've tried to include a lot of storytelling. So because I didn't have that much time to include storytelling and it, because of the frequency I was publishing, I was not able to work that much. So I don't think that quality was the same, but definitely it helped me relieve the pressure. For example, like one thing that it helped me tremendously was speaking in front of a camera mm-hmm. because I'm an introvert. I'm an extreme introvert. And when I first started my YouTube channel, every single word was scripted. I would never mm-hmm. improvise because I would feel so scared to improvise and say something stupid. Yeah. and Or forget what you wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to have everything scripted. So when I began even this third day challenge, every word was scripted until I couldn't have time to actually write everything. So I just had bullet points I wanted to say. And during the last days... I was very comfortable just like taking the camera and just start talking and I know I would actually chop off the parts that are actually not good because they were like very bad parts for Mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm. but overall I looked more natural like a lot of people said that to me like oh you look way much more and more natural during the last days than during the beginning Mm. so relieving the pressure and also allowing yourself to like relieve the burden of Wanting everything to be perfect will actually make you like more natural and deliver maybe not better work, but actually get things done. Yes. Yeah. That's so important. Done. People always say done is better than perfect. They just yeah. want things yeah, I read, done I, in the most efficient way. I read yesterday, like a quoting that like stuck with me is like, you better have an imperfect action than a perfect inaction. Mm, yes. I love that. Good one. Yeah, yeah. another quote. It's a longer one, but I really do want to read it because I think it speaks perfectly to what you talked about before, how you want to deliver high-quality work. And I think this is something that creators struggle with, too, is that a lot of people don't realize that it's a work in progress, but for you to put your work out there, it feels like you're saying to the world, this is the best I have to offer when you know that you can do better but if you don't put this out there right now then you're you're never going to put something out there and, and you're never going to improve because then you won't get that feedback from people you won't just like do it 
But also in Marie Forleo's book, she shared this quote, which is actually from Ira Glass, who is the host of This American Life, that podcast. So she says, nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there is this gap. For the first couple years, you make stuff. It's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase and they quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out or you are still in this phase, you got to know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. So it's like you were saying where you have to just produce a lot of work until finally you get to that point where it reaches the level of quality that you feel is good. Good I really like this quote. Yeah. It really speaks to me. Yeah, I like it. I think it will speak a lot to a lot of people also. Yes. Awesome. So I think we should wrap it up here. I'm already way over my timing that I gave to myself, but I just want to see if we can wrap up and give like any final thoughts of advice. I think what I took away with this is we talked about naming exactly what you are afraid of either by writing it down or saying it out loud to someone, which just helps you to realize, okay, these are the fears so that A, you can realize how ridiculous they are, and B, you can prepare and either prevent the situation from happening or just knowing what you'll do if it does happen. And that sort of takes away the fear. And also asking for help. So you don't have to do this on your own if there is someone who has done this before or more expert than you, then they can help you to break it down into those smaller step-by-steps. Yeah, how about you guys? Any like final Reevaluate your goals to make them more uh, realistic. Mm -hmm. Be honest with yourself about your own capability at this moment. It can be improved, but you know, just be true to yourself about where you are right now then you can move further faster yes mm. i have a uh, actually a lot and <laughs> 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 i will try to limit i was also talking earlier about like comparing to the beginnings of those who you admire mm. and see how actually they were not that good as now so that's some kind of like relieve your burden about the value of work you want to produce like you want to deliver to the world right. and to actually also fight procrastination, which is related, is like putting deadlines help a lot. Yeah. For example, this podcast, I was very afraid to to come and talk, but then having this deadline is like, oh, today is the due date. I have to go and come and talk. Yes. This helped me actually do it because if we could just like postpone it, I would have done it. Like there's the Parkinson law, which says that the more time you give to a task, the more time it will take you right so if you don't put a deadline then you're pretty much sure you're going to procrastinate on it like your whole lifetime Mm -hmm. try progress and progress at your own rhythm Mm -hmm. like enjoy the progression and not only the result enjoy the process of learning enjoy the process of doing it more than just delivering the results then like if you enjoy doing it then it's going to be easier to actually get it done and also uh, one last thing I think just let go and enjoy your life just let go of all the pressure you have and just enjoy the process and journey of doing the steps of learning of going alone Mm. and and then you're pretty much set to take action yeah I think that's beautiful (laughs) I'm so excited so thank you so much Tarek I think this has been an amazing conversation I think it will help a lot of people and I'm glad you kind of put away your fears and just came out and did this with us and if 
any listeners are looking for even more inspiration, definitely head over to Tarek's YouTube channel, Go From Zero to Hero. Where else can they find you? Maybe on Instagram or... Yeah, I have also an Instagram page which is called Go From Zero to Hero. It's pretty okay. much empty for now. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to fill it more in the, in the next few weeks. Yeah, if you would like to reach to me, just feel free. If you want to talk about these topics, feel free. Like I, I just enjoy talking about these topics and try to get people excited about their own projects and just get them started. Yes, <laughs> that is what we are all about here. Creators in Saigon, go out there and create. Stop procrastinating. Stop letting perfectionism just, just hold you back. Just get it started. Yeah, just get it started. Woo! Okay. Thank, Thank you, you very so much for hosting me. That was yes. a pleasure. This is so fun.